Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Beer-tastic Voyage. I'm Kevin. This is Mark. And I'm Justin. Well, good to get together with you guys again, and I'm looking forward to um, drinking some more beers. Today, we're going to be exploring Barrage Brewing Company out of Farmingdale, New York. Yes. I always get a little confused with it. I've lived on the island 30-something years, and now I still can't keep Farmingdale and Farmingville straight in my head. It makes no sense. You also drove to Babylon to get it, which was confusing. Yeah, the the website will tell you that it's in Farmingdale. The address is in Farmingdale, but it's in Babylon, and they're liars in that sense. I was riding a bus when I was there, so I wasn't paying close enough attention to where I was going. Yeah, well, well, just what I thought was going to be you know, a 10-minute errand out of the way ended up being a 35-minute errand out of the way. My bad. It's not your bad. It's my bad for suffering of having to do with this. But um, looking forward to it. The three beers that we have today are first is going to be their Insane Pilsner, um, which is just a pretty standard Pilsner. It's got a pretty decent IBU in there, but it's a low ABV. Um, then their second one is going to be it's called it's a, uh, a black cherry Saison called Little Teas. And then we're going to finish up with their Milk Stout, which is one of my favorite varieties of beer uh called tribal cow it's a toasted coconut and caramel milk stout mm. so um got, have either of you guys uh, mark you said you've been to barrage before justin have you been down there at all uh no i don't think so i haven't been to barrier either but i constantly get the two mixed up because they both start with b yeah but, uh yeah i i know that i've had some of their beer i just don't know which ones um i haven't really seen them in b have you seen them in the beer shop shops like no i don't, really I don't think them. they package for like retail sale i think you either have to get it from the brewery or you have to find some bar that has a keg on tap yeah i mean that was the impression when i stopped by there t- um today to pick it up they didn't have anything in bottles or cans ready to go so had to get three more little growlettes to add to my uh collection here they're standard looking though they're not the squealer type right they're, they're, or boston round the boston round yeah. yeah but the um I, I'm I'm gonna make a little resolution here, and I need your guys' help to uh, to stick to this. No more buying growlers or growlets or any <laughs> other kind of beer transportation vessel at breweries, unless it's a brewery that I haven't been to before. Like it's a new one, like I want to collect one, but I can't keep buying. I don't need three of these brush <laughs> little growlets. Like I can't get any more of these things. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, I, I'll uh, take one of these little. Uh squealers off your hands because i i like the little ones honestly now because uh especially when you're getting the growler fill it's the considering i'm the one that's really drinking the beer in my house it's a a better size for getting through the beer before it goes flat yeah the I, i those are the only ones i'll buy now the smaller ones i have probably six of the large ones and i'm never filling six growlers at the same time yeah, I just don't live that life anymore. <laughs> and, um, Not about that life anymore, man. No, the smaller ones that allow me, I like to get a, a sampler. I, when I'm drinking, I don't tend to drink the same beer. I like to have different ones, and if I can get two of those, it's way better. I, I agree. I just, I'm still in the process of unpacking everything, and I know that there are two boxes, probably three, filled with growlers of various sizes and shapes, and I just, I always feel like I'm kicking myself, so... I'm here and I am. I'm resolving not to do this anymore. 
guys, please help me with this. I have plenty of standard size growlers. I can send you home with a couple as backups. Well, like I said, I have them. I just have to put one in my car to keep it with me because I never know when I'm stopping by. That's really my big issue. I never know when I'm stopping at the brewery because it'll strike my fancy. And I'm going, I'm stopping in today. I'm going to get me some of this, and I'm heading home. So Mark has uh, some in his car all the time in a, in a nifty thing that's probably safer than even his daughter's car seat. <laughs> that little foam triangle yeah. like that thing is so cool i gotta get me one of those the i think it's called a growler on board yeah or growler caddy <laughs> or something <laughs> told you it was close yeah why not doubles as a car seat all right i mean it's it is i've seen it firsthand it does keep beer safe and it makes me happy to partake in said safe beer so my beer even living dangerously without said caddy has made it here tonight so let's make uh let's get into this a little bit you want to talk um Let's talk a little bit about the brewery real quick. Um, so I took a look at their website. I took a look at some couple articles I found. And Barrage Brewing Company got started back in January of 2010. And the founder and head brewer, a guy by the name of Steve Pominski, um, was a home brewer for more than two decades. And the best part about this is, is he, built a, he was brewing beer. His buddies liked it. So he decided to expand into his garage a little bit and turned his garage into a bar. Now, you start to put it together. You got bar and garage, Viola, you get barrage, and hence the name of the company. In I did 20... not know that. Yeah, that was when I heard that story, I said, that's fantastic. I can see how after a couple beers, you start to mash them together. And when you look at the label, it now makes sense of why they have a garage door oh, on their label. True that. I never really I realized always thought... that that was a garage door. Yeah, I always thought that was just the front of the I thought building. It, I really thought it was like airport mind. hangar or something like that. <laughs> nope, it is it is a garage door, and now it makes perfect sense. But um, after he was doing this and his buddies were stopping by, he decided, hey, they really like this. I'm, let's go, I think I should go pro with this. And in 2012, he attended the uh, Siebel Institute of Technology and World Brewing Academy in Chicago, Illinois, to further enhance his brewing knowledge and expertise. 2013, so I'm run a Kickstarter campaign to get the startup capital together, and early 2014 he was able to get things going. So, and this is from his website. Steve's skill for making great beer stems from years of researching and tasting different recipes, utilizing yeasts and hops and other ingredients, some locally sourced and some from around the world. Steve's desire is to make great small batch beer for the beer enthusiast and the beer novice. Barrage Brewing has a wide variety of styles with over 27 different beers that they rotate throughout the year. And I will say that when I stopped by, I saw that they had um, eight different beers on the board. Unfortunately, two of them were out of stock because they're getting ready for a festival tomorrow. But the um, of the six that we were on tap, brought home three, and I think we're going to enjoy them. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how big their brew house is, but I know it's kind of on the small side. It's really just like an oversized homebrew setup. Yeah, it's it's very tiny. It's a small. It really is a garage that you would rent out in a, um, in an industrial park, and that's their that's yeah. Their like system. there there's a CrossFit studio next door. So yeah, it's it's not tiny, it's not big. It's very tiny, and I did drive past it once and I had to turn around to come back to find it. <laughs> Um, so the first beer we're going to start off with is the Insane Pills. It's 4.5% ABV, so it's a definitely session-level beer, you know. And um, it's got 52.5 IBUs, which is a little higher than we usually like to go, but I think it's going to be well within the range of what we like to drink. 
Um, it uses the Sriracha Ace and the Citra Hops. And, um, you know, it's got that normal, really golden Pilsner color. Now, like I said, we're drinking everything out of the uh, growlers, little growlers today. So, and uh, we're using only the finest red plastic cups. So, we can't really see through it that much, but you can definitely see that it's a nice clear beer. Oh, definitely. It's pretty well carbonated also. The, um, it smells like, like citrus. I mean, it makes sense with the, with the uh, hops that are in it. Yeah. I, I like it. It's uh, definitely higher on the IBU scale for me, but it, it, I could drink a fair amount of it. It's, uh, it's not too powerful. Yeah, I haven't tried a sip yet, but have you guys have already uh, dug in while I was rambling on? Uh, yeah, I couldn't resist. I don't blame you. So, okay, let me take a sip it's here. It's definitely uh, uh, what a lot of breweries are calling uh, in India Pale Lager. It's uh, definitely, I mean, it's a nice, light, refreshing Pilsner, but it's definitely got much more of a hot presence than you would typically expect. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I t- I had a sip here. I had one little sip at the brewery just to see if it was absolutely horrendous or not, but um, this is my first real solid taste of it, and I really like it. Um, I lo- uh, So as I'm starting to put more thought into what type of hops I like, because I'm trying to expand the palate a little bit. The citrusy ones are ones that I tend to like a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely prefer the citrus and uh, tropical fruity hops to the uh, piney. Yeah, the uh, grassy ones. Yeah, the, the typical American hops are not my favorite. Yeah, so Sriracha Ace and Citra, gives me I, I give them a thumbs up right now on those. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I've ever encountered that I know that I've encountered Sriracha before is in Brooklyn Sriracha Ace, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But this is um, a lot, lot less bitter and a lot lighter, if that makes sense. I think this one's carbonated a little bit more than that other beer, and I think that helps at least keep it off of my tongue and just sort of glance off of it. There is a bit of a flat bitterness to this that kind of sticks to the back of your tongue, though. I can get, I can give you that, and I think that may be kind of a result of the temperature that we have the beer at right now. I think this one could, and it's at a little bit cooler than room temperature, but I think it could definitely stand, this one could stand to be a little colder. Yeah, I mean, right. it's uh, it's not really objectionable, but it's also uh, kind of holding me back from really wanting to immediately take another sip. For lack of a better word, for me, it's a sipping beer. Like, I can't have a lot of it at once but i can continue like i can have it continuously it's not like it doesn't bug me but i feel like if i were to like chug one or drink one very quickly it might overpower yeah i would definitely and then for me this is definitely a beer that i would order with a meal yeah it would be much better paired with food yeah i i would really like this i would have this beer in lieu of a corona or some other kind of light beer like that with a spicy food where this could cut through it I think that would be really tasty. So, you know, having a nice Mexican dish and instead of going for that, have one of these with that little bit of, with the hops providing the citrus flavor instead of having to bring in an actual chunk of lime. Yeah, that, uh, this would be good with the hot wings, for sure. Now that you say that, I think about hot wings and, like, how this would pair really well. Any, yeah, a barbecue that's got a little sweet to it and then you get this nice little cut through. I think that would be really tasty. Now, Mark, what – now – Mark, being our resident expert here, what do you know about any? Do you know anything about either of these hops? So, Citra I've used before. Um, it's definitely one of the most popular hop varieties out there right now. They, it can be a little bit hard to 
find. Is it one of the American varieties that you were talking about before, or is it? Uh, no, uh, Citra. I, Citra is one of the newer American varieties, but it's still uh, patented or copyrighted. I forget exactly how that works with plants. Okay. So uh, you know the number of growers is limited, and everybody, all the craft brewers, love it. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the more expensive hops that you can buy if you can find it. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I seem to like it. Yeah, it's really good for dry hopping a beer. Okay. So after the fermentation's done, throwing it in there. To, to get the aromas in to there. To get the it. aromas, you know, all the, the good oils out of there so that uh, when you crack open the beer, you smell it, you taste it. Yeah. Um, I mean, in doing a little homework uh, for us today, the Sriracha Ace that I found out was um, was man-made. And I think that's really cool that it was, you know, developed in a lab in that sense, like that they specifically engineered it. So apparently the uh, Japanese developed it. In oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that. I thought like, and, you know, and I saw that they were mixing all these different kind of plants and coming back and forth with it, really changing a lot of strains to get to this. But. I think that's pretty cool. It's not just like we took one variety and we bred it specifically to accentuate one flavor, but rather that they mix and match so much to create something like that. Yeah, I could have the the exact figure off, but uh, I believe it's around 12 years to develop new hop varieties between all the testing and whatnot, and because it is a plant, yeah. and it takes a couple of years before it really starts producing hop cones. Yeah, the rhizome doesn't... It's a rhizome, right? Yeah. And that the, and it doesn't produce at least for I think two years or something. It, not significant quantities, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we have a mutual friend, Mike Sweeney, who's got some, uh, who's always had hop plants in his backyard, and that was actually my first time home brewing was with him, and I got to use fresh hops that he had taken off the plant in his backyard, and we made something that was almost a uh, a Sam Adams Boston Lager clone, but All with right. fresh hops and. Man, it was tasty enough to hook me. You yeah, know, I I really liked it. But the smell of fresh hops, like rubbing them up, the, rubbing them up in your hands, and just holding them up to my face, I was like, "This is one of the most amazing smells I've ever had." It's like a, like a beer commercial you were in. Yeah, it, it, it. You know what? But I lived it, man. I lived it. I was there. I was there, man. You don't know. That's why, uh, you know that. It, that's exactly why you want to dry hop a beer because all those lovely oils and whatnot that you get on your hands when you rub the flowers that you want to get that in the beer so that when you open it up you have those aromas you have those flavors i did a quick uh google search on citra because i was interested in the whole idea of how it's um i guess copyrighted or, or patented but it's uh, it turns out the name is is registered so um i imagine if you used it and didn't use the word citra and just said you use citrus hops you'd probably get away with it but i'm, uh, I'm not a patent lawyer it's uh it was uh, released in 2007 uh it's Got another name, HBC three ninety four CV. Yeah, so like all hop varieties, start off with uh, a number code, whatever, initially, and then uh, once the uh, growers that developed it had decided, like, okay, you know, this is going, uh, you know, wide release. We're gonna grow this. And we're gonna sell it. Then they'll give it the, a fancy name like that. So that's where you get Citra, Mosaic. Uh, you know, all those really uh, interesting-sounding hop varieties that 
seem to be in every IPA lately. You gotta yeah. love Saz. Saz is one of my favorite ones just to say Saz. Saz is, you know, as old school as you can get, though, pretty much. That, yeah, that's one of the German hops, right? It's actually Czech. Czech, okay. In origin, yeah. Saz, it's a noble hop. Oh, I don't know if you guys know this, but the um, the t- style of beer that we just got done finishing, the Pilsner, it's a Czech style. Right. And you know where it came? And it's actually from Pilsen in the Czech Republic. And I guess it's now the Czech Republic. Right. But the story is, goes that the brewers needed a place to stash some beer for it to age, and they put it in the back of these caves. And since the caves were colder than the rest of the town during the summertime, that this it basically cold filtered the beer. And so it got re- it started to settle all the uh, sediment in the beer while it's brewing settles down to the bottom of the uh, barrel and it produces a really clear beer and that's when you think about the pilsner style it's a very bright you know clear beer nice golden color and that comes from the lightly toasted hops and this cold fermenting and it's all started because a bunch of drunk checks decided that they <laughs> should store hide some beer in a cave so that no one else could get it for a couple months that's excellent you know and the i actually i heard that story one of the first time when i was doing a public speaking course in college and my professor was czech and he kind of and he had this very serious face and he looks at me like you know that i'm czech right and i'm like no i i didn't know that sir that's that's really interesting he goes because that's a hundred percent right my people would totally do that <laughs> did you ask him if he ever took a bath in beer i did not ask him that because he was a really wrinkly not a very attractive man and i didn't want to think about him bathing in anything let alone beer that's fair so anyway uh What's uh, what are we rating the uh, insane pills? Um, I'd probably give it a pint. It's not going to be my favorite beer, but it's all. It's not going to. Uh, I'm not going to be put off by it either. I just I wouldn't want to try to have too much and then not to kind of ruin the palate for something else. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be a pint for me. Uh, I could enjoy a pint, but I'm not going to go back for a second one. I'm going to be looking for something else. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you here. Again, it's a pint, probably with dinner, like I mentioned. I think I'd like it. But I also think it's a good first beer for a tasting session. It's got some flavor. It's a little different. And it's not so hoppy that my, I don't feel like my palate is burnt out. Right, yeah. It, it feels prepped and limbered and ready to go. It, yeah, it's a good place to start off because, it, like you alluded to, it's not going to des- destroy your palate for what you taste after. And, I just want to take a moment to just remind everyone of what our scoring system is, is that what we'd like to do is not necessarily rate it on the quality of the beer, but really of how much of it we want to drink. Right. And so we start off with, you know, it's a five point system, but we're going to end up with a lot of beers that are a two in it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad beer. It doesn't mean it's a below average beer. So our one star would be a, tasting glass i just want to try a little bit of it i appreciate it for what it is and that's it the second rating would be the pint glass hey i want to drink one pint of this i could enjoy that one pint and then i'm done the third star is a bomber where i want a little more than a pint i want to take some home with me this is a good beer i'm going to drink some more of it our third one our i'm sorry fourth level would be a growler not these tiny little ones but a full-size growler and that's saying that this is a really 
a step above beer. I need to put more of this in my belly as possible. And I want to share this with my friends. Possibly. Well, and the last one, the five star would be a keg where this is an outstanding beer. I need to find a way to keep this with me on my person at all times and possibly find a way to mainline it so that it's that delicious. Fill a camelback with it. Just walk around. Take it to the stadium. The beer belly? Oh, yeah. Don't they have the one that's in a brazier too? Yeah, that's the wine rack. Oh, wine rack. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Have you one. guys have you guys ever drank beer out of a straw though? No. I would imagine no. it's horrible. It's horrendous. It's nothing but foam. Yeah. It's really like you have to be drinking so much liquid through that straw in order to get liquid and not just foam. Like it really defeats the purpose. But there are some beers out there that I would consider like taking that sacrifice for. If I had my jaw wired shut, I would probably try to make it work. Yeah. Maybe they wire it through your send it tube down your nose or something. Yeah, I mean at that point you just break out a funnel instead of a straw. It's wider diameter. Hopefully, won't. really get the job done quick. Oh yeah. So, uh, which one are we going to now? Uh, the next beer that we're going to move on to is the Little Tees. Uh, that's L I L, not not little. Not a, you got to make sure you got the apostrophe in there. Little 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 Tees, and it's a black cherry saison. Um, this is going to be the highest ABV that we're going to try today, and it's an 8.2%, but it's got a much more reasonable 39.3 IBUs. I, uh, I've been sampling this a little bit while we've been talking, and this is legit. This is so good. I've only smelled it, but it has a nice pepperiness from the Saison yeast that's noticeable, and you can also get a bit of the cherry fruit as well. Yeah, it's an interesting color, too. It's almost like an apple juice-like color, from what I can tell. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, it's uh, got just the slightest sort of pink-reddish tint from the cherry. It, it, this is probably one, one of the best beers I've ever had. Yeah. It's got a, it's, you know, and I saw this one on the board, and I said, I, I need to try this. I think this is, this is creative. Yeah, this and is really good. The smell is fantastic. The smell... You really smell those cherries in there, and it's not—it's not red maraschino cherries. It's that nice black cherries that you would get in, you know, you know, on a, in a good ice cream. Yeah. You know, it's it's those nice dark, rich cherries that really that you only get at that right moment in the summertime. You know, or and it's really tasty. It's, it's got a really good carbonation to it too. Um, obviously, coming off the tap, it's gonna it's gonna probably have the best carbonation possible. But the, uh, in, you know, being in the growler, we didn't open the growler before now. Nope. And it, it's, that's, I think, my favorite part. It really kind of dances on my tongue. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, holds true for pretty much all Belgian beers, Saison's especially. They're going to be more highly carbonated than your, you know, typical Pilsner. Yeah, I, I am really enjoying this, and I've had a go, I've gone back for a couple sips already. I like that it's got that little bit of tartness in there. That speaks of you know the usual Belgian style, but it's also it's got that little bit of I'm gonna say candy syrup kind of f- sweetness in there, what, which I'm sure is from the cherries, but it is it's really tasty. And I mean, they, there's a good chance that they use candy syrup as part of the fermentables in this because it is over 8% alcohol. So. Yeah. I don't and think... it's very dry, and that's hard to do if you're using all malt. Yeah, that's the one you were... That's what you were... Um, that's the word I was looking for, is the dryness there. It's not a... It's not a very sweet... It tastes sweet, but it's not sweet in the sense of the finish that it stays along with you. 
it, what came to my mind is um, <clears throat> like a prosecco type thing. Like it's not obviously not quite as carbonated with a million tiny bubbles, but it's right. it's got that that the dryness of it's not it's not wine, but it remind it had a hint of that for me. Yeah, it's, it's nice because the the cherry flavor kind of lingers on your tongue a little bit. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm very I'm very happy with this choice, and this is one that I'm going to keep an eye out for when it's out and about. If I'm happen to see this at a at a restaurant, there might be yeah, you know, it, one of the there, there's probably going to be one of these coming down. What kind of hops did you say was in it? Um, this one I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, what type of hops they have in there? They weren't they um. The website and their their board they kind of focus a little more on the hop centric styles where they want to make sure you know what hops there are. Whereas I didn't really see. Yeah, I mean, I can't swear to this, but there may only be hops in here in here for bittering because there is not a prominent hop character in the flavor or aroma. Yeah, I don't smell any in the aroma at all, and um, I mean, thirty nine IBUs isn't. It's not nothing. You know, I've definitely had beers with less that I've tasted the hops more. Yeah, well, I mean, between the fruit character and the uh, higher alcohol content, that it really needs that higher level of IBU to balance out. That's why, basically why I was asking which hop was in it, because it, I didn't get a lot of it. And I know that, obviously, most beers at least are hopped in some way. But um, it... it doesn't have much in it at all and i was actually asking because if if whatever it was i would try to find other beers that had it yeah um you know i i think it's a great beer i think the uh the guys at barrage did a really good job with this one and they found a nice a really nice summertime beer definitely that and you know even though it's starting to get a little cooler you know it's still i think it's still warm enough you know to be drinking one of these during the day not to mention the fact with, uh, what is it, 8 point uh, something two. ABV. Yeah, 8.2 yeah. ABV. Yeah. You're, it's going to warm me up a little bit also. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm getting at. You can, <laughs> I mean, I, this would sneak up on you too because when you're, ta- when you're drinking it, you would have no idea. Oh, yeah, this is this is one – this is uh, this would be party juice. All of a sudden, you know, you're drinking one, you're drinking two, you're feeling good, and all of a sudden, how many did I have of these? How many did I put down? So, I mean, I know we all seem like we're uh, real big fans of this, but let's give them uh, an actual number here. What do we got? I'll go first. Um, I lean towards giving it a keg. That being said, I'm going to stick with a growler because, number one, it's eight point something. And on top of, the, on top of that, I, it is a little thick candy-wise, um, like candy syrup-wise. And I think that I it potentially could not get old necessarily, but I may just want to switch off. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's going to be a growler. I it would take a really long time to go through a keg because being how strong it is, you're really only going to be drinking like five, six ounces at a time. I agree. For me, this is definitely a a growler beer. It's really good. It's a little sweet. you know. Um, it's not uncomfortably sweet, but I think that I could drink three – drink four of these maybe kill that growler off and at a you know at a barbecue and really enjoy myself but if i only drank these i probably would not be happy with myself stomach wise like i would feel like i just ate the whole thing of candy and we're also not be definitely happy. not driving home you're you're crashing on the couch oh yeah yeah absolutely with the uh with the 8.2 that's gonna put me to the point where i need to make sure i'm getting a ride home now have either of you got now when we move on to are you guys ready to move on to this last beer Yes. 
All right. Have either of you had this beer before? No. I have. You have. Okay. I've not. Now, I'm going to give you the same prep that the guy in the at the brewery gave me. He goes, there's this one called Tribal Cow, which tastes like sunscreen. And I went, tastes like sunscreen? He goes, no, no, that's not 100% right. It tastes like how sunscreen smells. I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's really like pitching me towards this, but sure, I'll try some. When you guys smell this, we haven't even poured it out yet. When you smell this, you will see that this guy was spot on with his description. All right, Tribal Cow is a toasted coconut and caramel milk stout. Um, it comes in at 6.5% ABV and 30.8 IBUs. Mark, you want to do the honors and pour some of this out here? Because these guys, when they asked them to fill the growler, they filled the growler to the brim. Yeah, there, there's like all a, the way a, to the top. In all three of them, they did not cheap out on the filling of the growler. So that's cool. There I mean, like a millimeter of air left yeah, in the top. Well, which was probably foam when they put the cap on. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, they are really tapping. Like, they really filled these growlets to the brim and already just in the pouring of it you can smell it's the coconut so much coconut it smells like i am on i on a beach there is coconut oil everywhere and yeah, this definitely smells like uh what's what's the that brand of uh sunscreen tropical sunset or something? Uh, I, I don't remember island island tropical. Know hawaiian, tropic. hawaiian tropic hawaiian tropic that's, tropic. that's yeah. the one what were you saying? I said I know Coppertone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That wasn't what I was going for, but... No. Um, I mean, just smelling it, it is hugely a scent of coconut, but also there's um, a faint... There's that roastiness behind it. There's the... Co um, there's a little bit of... Not coffee, but it's definitely tastes... Definitely maybe a chocolate almost. Yeah, it definitely smells like there is either... There's either some chocolate malt or some... Uh, Maybe roasted barley. I would argue that it tastes nothing like it smells. It's yeah. not a bad thing necessarily. I'm not saying it's just it, it kind of gives me one. It gives me something to anticipate with the smell, and then the taste doesn't fall through with that smell, and it still tastes good, but right. it kind of faked me out a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a little different than that. It's a really dark beer. Um, again, I'm looking at it in a solo cup, so it's a little tough to uh, get you the exact color. I couldn't tell you, but. Not a ton of carbonation in it. It's actually got a little bit of interesting. Um, tastes a little flat the first in the beginning of the sip, and then it fizzes a little bit as it passes over your tongue. Yeah, I mean it is also a stout too, which are usually on the low end of carbonation. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it as a bad thing. It's really just more of a uh, an observation of how it is. But um, this is something that I'd really like to try on nitro. This would be amazing on nitro. I think it would be a lot smoother on nitro, and I think it would, it would lose yeah. that flatness right away. It would lose that flatness, but it would also that creamy, that little bit of what I described as flatness in the beginning of the taste. I think would turn into a creaminess that would fiddle that would go throughout the sip and just be absolutely spectacular. Yeah, the um, it's also not that thick. Like a lot of times when you get a stout, it's gonna be. Well, port, is it a porter or a stout? Am I misspeaking? Porter? Well, I mean, it depends on the type of stout because there are 
multiple categories. You have dry Irish stouts, you have American stouts, you have milk stouts, you have tropical stouts, and well, that sounds pretty good. Tropical I mean, stouts. they're all uh, they're all dark yeah, and absolutely. roasty, but as far as ABV and alcohol, well, ABV is alcohol content. But uh, it's getting to you already, my man. There yeah, well, that's the eight point two percent cherry saison that we had. But the uh, the ABV and uh, IBUs are kind of all over the place. This one here is it's just not as thick as I would anticipate it being for the style, but it, it, that's a good thing for me. It's just its flow is nice and easy. I think it's got a really nice taste, and I was I'm enjoying this. And milk stouts are one of those styles of beer that i tend to reach for um again it may not be the first beer that i have in the night but this is one of those beers the but milk south tend to be the one i'm drinking more often i'll I'll have a couple of these during the course of the night and enjoy them more mixing this in with something like the um the saison would probably be a great idea having the lightness and then the heaviness of this yeah and sampling them one after another it is a nice contrast it does i think they do pair well together um, especially if you have a bit of a sweet tooth like I do, you know, where both of these have that sweetness to them, um, I'm in favor of it. Mark, you have uh, some more thoughts on it? No, I've just that, uh, like my only musings are is that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, coconut beers were not a thing that you saw anywhere and they're becoming more and more popular. I think coconut in general, everything is definitely becoming more popular. Cooking with coconut oil, a lot of that stuff. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely become more accessible in that sense. It's been added to more varieties of foods and things like that. But um, do you guys take? Um, I get. I guess I think I. What I'm getting at is the caramel flavor. Um, I don't know if I really taste that. I'm th- trying to think of you know the caramel flavor that I, I'm used to, and I don't know if I really get that in here. I get it a little bit on the back end. I guess I agree, and I also, honestly, I don't know what happened, but at the, the last couple of sips, I, I caught coconut, like, more than I did in the beginning. And I, okay. I, I definitely, like, when I get that, it, it improves everything else. It lightens it up. Yeah, the coconut the coconut is nice. Um, I mean, remember, it's toasted coconut, so it's a little different flavor than just straight coconut. Um it has that little bit of um, cooked flavor to it. <laughs> That's not, that might be the worst descriptor I've ever used, but it's but it's just the different. Yeah, it's, it's different, kind of it's um, you know the, flavor to it. Yeah, it's that sort of just barely caramelized kind of coconut. Like I'm sure this was in the oven until it was a nice golden brown before it was added to the beer. Yeah. Now, obviously, they made the, made larger batches than your average home, like a home brewer would. Do you think that they used coconut, or was it probably an extract? No, I can't speak to it, but fairly confident, without knowing for sure. But I'm fairly confident it's just like the baker's coconut that you find in the supermarket that's pre-shredded. Yeah, and, and then that's it's spread out on a baking sheet and put in the guy's oven at home. That would make sense, and that would also explain some of the residual sweetness to it because. The bacon coconut that you get is usually sweetened. Right. You can find unsweetened ones, but if you look in your average supermarket shelf, like you're not going to find 
the unsweetened one or you're going to be digging and really maybe find the one that accidentally got put out there. <laughs> Plus, unsweetened coconut, I mean, even after it's toasted, does kind of taste like shredded newspaper. Yeah, it really doesn't have that much flavor to it. Um, I mean, now milk stouts, like I mentioned before, it's one of my favorite varieties. And Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is one where we um, they use the uh, lactose sugar in there, right? Yeah, if any milk stout has some lactose sugar in it, oh, which yeah. is unfermentable by brewer's yeast, so that whatever is sugar, uh, milk sugar that you add in, will not be fermented, so it's still going to be in the finished beer, so it's going to add a sweetness, it's going to add some mouthfeel. Okay. Yeah, and that, that mouthfeel is really signature of the of the milk stout, and that's that kind of, that creaminess that I was talking about that goes so well with a, with a nitro style. Yeah, I mean, there may also be some oatmeal in this, uh, in addition to the milk sugars, to help just provide that super silky mouthfeel that it has. Now, do you, this definitely wasn't on nitro from their tap? No, it was not. Um, most places, if they put something on nitro, they won't put it into a growler. It just doesn't travel well. Right. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, you know, they usually say that that is not available for you know for growler fills or something like that. Is that uh, that's because it doesn't hold the carbonation or it doesn't hold that. <clears throat> well, nitrogen oxide is. Uh, I forget exactly the, the number, but it's significantly more or significantly less dissolvable in liquid as carbon dioxide. So it's, uh, you know, you put it in the growler and you, you're going to lose that silky texture because the nitrogen is going to escape right off the bat. On top of that, it's probably going to be flat because if it loses it, it's not like there's anything to replace it. Well, yeah, exactly. And then, as we talked about in the previous episode, drinking flat beer is kind of like drinking flat soda. It's just... Not pleasant. No. Not pleasant at all. Well, I mean, I personally think that the Tribal Cow has been a really pleasant beer. And I, I think I'm ready to, to put some numbers to it. Are you guys ready to put some numbers to it? Or do we want to keep uh, sampling a little bit more? <laughs> I think we could always sample more. But uh, I think that the better choice to give some accurate numbers as opposed to something from, you know, a couple of drinks from now, we'll, uh, we'll go with <laughs> This <now>. is fantastic. <laughs> um, if you, um, I'll start off. I really like the Tribal Cow. I think it's really tasty. It's another fine milk stout. And I'm going to put this up with a bomber. I think this is just the right amount of where I could get this, have a pint, have my second glass of it, enjoy it. If somebody else wants to taste, take a little sip, I'm not going to feel upset that they're stealing from me. And I think a, a bomber is solidly where I want to go with this one. I agree with you. It's a bomber for me. It's not... Uh, a beer that I think you're going to get many takers as far as having a taste. So I think the bomber is like the perfect size. Right. You have your two and you're good. I agree. Um, I guess this is a episode where we're going to agree on everything because I'm also going to go bomber. Um, and that's mostly because, like I said, I think that you would definitely do yourself well to pair this with another beer and sort of switch on and off. I think it would make you appreciate the beer a lot more. I think by the time I was done, if I drank the whole bomber like in a row, yeah. I think by the time I was done, I would probably just be finishing it and not really be enjoying it. Yeah, um, I, we've all we've all committed to we've all done that before, where we've committed to a bomber and we go, 
well, it's just wrong to waste it. But it's already open. You can't recap it. So. Exactly. And I also think this is a prime example of a um, of a dark beer that probably, as Mark said, would scare a lot of people off. And they might not try it, but it is a hundred percent not as heavy, quote unquote, as it looks. And it would probably be something that appeals to more people than would probably try it. Definitely. Right. Now, um, I just wanted to take a moment and kind of scroll back, um, roll back, and talk a little bit about the uh, the brewery itself and like the location. I we try to talk about the tap rooms and what's going on in the in the uh, tasting rooms and such. And this place, is, as we mentioned before, is really tiny. So the tap room is very tiny. Oh yeah, when I was there on the bus tour, like it was a challenge to pack us all in there. Yeah. It's if you have more than 5 people in that room, it's probably not going to be comfortable. Yeah, I think there's like four chairs and then like three stools at the bar or something like that. Yeah, I- exactly. And there was two guys cramped behind the bar, but that's because one of them was obviously brand new. He was explaining to them to him how to uh process the payments and stuff like that on their on their system but i wanted to um i wanted to share a couple of the other beers that they have that may not have been on tap available or i just didn't bring home but um one that's covered in a future episode hopefully um one of the ones that's pretty popular for them is called yada 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 it's a chocolate caramel and uh peanut butter uh brown ale it's a brown ale that he puts snickers in Right, literal Snickers bars he puts into the to the beer. And he's a big fan of Seinfeld, hence the yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You can't yada, yada, yada over the best part. <laughs> see, I, I saw like those two episodes of Seinfeld that that's in. <laughs> if, yeah, well, if you're watching TBS, you'll see those two episodes 16 times a week. I don't even know if they replay them on TBS anymore, but I got rid of cable, so I can't tell you whether or not they are on anymore. I thought they only played um, you know, well, Big Bang Theory anymore. One of their other, another beer is called the Clancy. It's a white chocolate cream ale. That they, one I feel like it could go either way. We definitely have to have that on, a, on an episode. Cream ales are are kind of a weird variety for me. I'm not always yeah. I wonder. Into them. I wonder how a head retention is on that because white chocolate is really just the fat, and right? And fat in beer is usually. Uh, an odd combo. Well, not only that, but the the fat basically uh, prevents head retention. Yeah. So I wonder how they uh, strike a balance on it that. Well, it's a separation, right? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to emulsify it in with the mixture. Yeah, I don't really know how that works exactly, but I know that it uh, basically breaks the bubbles down so that they don't build up and form a head. Now, um, they also had one on the board called War Bunny, an Imperial IPA. Um, another one called Galaxy Beast, an all-Galaxy Hop IPA that's listed at 97 IBUs. It sounds like palate death. <laughs> that one, I think, would be palate death. It, I, that one, it, I'll be honest, the 97 IBUs was enough to scare me off. I did not that's want fair. to go after it. And the last one that sounds a lot more like the Tribal Cow and something that I really wanted to try is called Assault and Fudgery, a salted caramel fudge porter. That sounds like a Ben & Jerry's ice cream flavor. It does. It does. And that one is just behind the uh, the little T's Saison at 8.2% alcohol. So, uh, yeah, it does sound like a Ben & Jerry's flavor. It's got the cute little pond in there, and it's ready to go. Um, but I think we might have to look that one up. And 
I'm interested to see what they're doing. I, I, I liked all the beers that we had today. And, you know, they... I don't know if they're ones that I really want to hunt out. I mean, maybe the cher- maybe um, the, the little, little tees is definitely something that if I'm out in a bar somewhere and I see that on the list, I'm probably going to order one of those. I want to order one of those. I'm going to tell everybody at the bar to order one of those. <laughs> All right. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I didn't quite go that far with Reach. it, but but the but I think it's a I think that overall what they're doing so far, this is really um my first foray into barrage brewing and see what they have. And I think they're doing a pretty good job and I'm willing to give them another shot. I'm not going to turn them away and say, hey, you know what? I know I don't, I don't really like anything that that place has produced before. Yeah. I mean, if they, I've learned anything is that never think that about a brewery because that was my initial feelings about great South Bay. And now it turns out that they make some of my most favorite beers. So you know, muskrat, muscat love is is not one of them. No, muscat love. <laughs> please, is not please one do of not them. let that be one of them. No, or 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 granny's jannies. Yeah. yeah, I, I yeah, weeks was... weeks later, I'm still in in cold. I wake up in cold sweats about those. Still, I'm sorry. I was just telling Mark today that we we are definitely gonna have to do Great South Bay Part Two because I feel like my purchases of beer have tainted that great establishment. We, yeah, we... I mean that's the nicest thing that we can say about Great South Bay is that they're not afraid to try really weird things but they still have the core of more like straightforward beers that are really good that allows them to do crazy things like granny's jannies exactly or hog cabin yeah which that's true hog cabin is a maple bacon uh i think it's a brown ale i'm not sure i think it's a porter okay but i think i think if if you're if you're listening closely you're starting to hear the words porter and stout. It's getting to that time of year. It's about the the time of year where you start oh, to, yeah. I mean, you know, the nights are getting longer and it's colder. Fall. It's, it's, it's fall. now officially fall as we record this. It's officially fall, and it's time to start drinking the beers that are uh, a little bit more warmer. You know that that, that warm you up a bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we bring to uh, to drink by the fire this year. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, and I hope we can find something real tasty. Um, do you guys have any more, um, anything else you want to bring to the table about Barrage Brewing? Final comments, notes, suggestions? Not about, not about Barrage. All right, um, you got something else for well, us then? Mark and I are going to be attending a pretty cool event tomorrow called Beers and Ta- Taps, no, Taps and, Ta- and Talons. Taps and Talons. I keep calling it Beers and Talons. All I know is it's, we're going to be drinking and looking at giant birds of prey, which are, it's going to be amazing. I as soon as I saw the flyer for that one, unfortunately I can't make it tomorrow. But um, as soon as I saw the flyer for that, I said this could either be fantastic or end terribly. Well, I mean it's in its third year, so so I guess it hasn't gone terribly yet. Huh? Well, yeah, I mean something must be going right. I, I really want to know how drunk the birds get. <laughs> I just want to know if they train the birds to retrieve beers. Like they, you know, can we just put like a pile of bottles in there and have an eagle from about, you know, Avenger, yeah. get Birdman coffee. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking more Avenger, fetch me a stout. <laughs> and he goes and grabs the stout and pulls it back. And those talents should be sharp enough to pop the bottle at the same time. True. Yeah. So if you guys see that, please photo document it. Let me know. Cause if we are, then I may put down podcasting as a hobby and, uh, and go into uh, raising birds of prey. 
<laughs> is uh, is Barrage going to be there? I, I thought they are. Yes. Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe that's what they were saving the yada 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 for. Possibly, if they are, please you know uh, take notes. Let me know how that one is because I'd like to try that one. All right, guys. Um, it's been fun. Looking forward to uh, sharing something else next time. We're not quite sure where we're going to head into next, but that's the uh, the greatness of our uh, beer testic voyages that we're going on. Indeed. So uh, have a great day, everybody, and uh, drink responsibly and enjoy those local beers. And thanks for joining us on this Beer-tastic Voyage. If you enjoyed Beer-tastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.